genre. Happy Tuesday and welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one bridge jumping minute at a time. I'm Nick Amendes in the news. I'm Scott Corelli and joining us again, Tom Taylor and Jerry Porter from Indiana Jones Minute. Welcome back, guys. Hey, thank you. It's good to be back. Yep. Especially bridge jumps. <laughs> yeah. And uh, today we are going back to minute number 42, which starts with uh, Bill McKinney, the train conductor, uh, talking about how it, in fact, could, could theoretically be possible to get a train up to 90 miles per hour and uh, ends with Marty telling Doc that they can scratch that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so his stipulations about getting it up to 90 is that you'd need a flat track with a level grade. And you couldn't be hauling any carts. It would just have to be the engine itself. And you'd have to get the, you'd have to get it hotter than the blazes of hell and damnation itself. (laughs) I want Marty to be writing that down like an actual calculation. Okay. Hotter than hell and damnation. damnation. (laughs) Or at least Doc can use his head abacus to figure it out. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious what, uh, the uh, temperature of the blazes of hell and damnation itself are. Yeah. I think that depends on how evil you are. Yeah, how evil oh, of a train okay. conductor you are. Yeah, how evil of a, and, and exactly where you are. I mean, we saw what he did to Dan Beatty. So, yeah, he would know about the... <laughs> it's really hot for the for him. Yeah, for that train conductor, it's really hot. <laughs> I like how... Uh, I, you know what? We don't we don't get to know this guy a lot, but I really like the cut of this train conductor's jib. He yeah, me too. He's he's yeah. super positive. He's really constructive. He's not. Uh, he's like, get out of here, you crazy. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like pleased that like people are thinking about trains and 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 like as far as he knows, these are just two guys like sort of theoretically, you know, betting each other about if it was possible or not. Yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'll talk trains with you. Sure. I love yeah. Trains. All of you and your tiny little boy. He just he gets to you know he, boy. <laughs> he gets to he gets to talk about his job, you know? He probably doesn't get to do that a lot. Cause it's not the kind of thing where you got to go home at night and see your your wife and kids, you know? Right. Like yeah. very often. So uh yeah. So it's it's probably exciting to him to be like, oh, you mean I'm not just like invisible? Like you want to talk to me and ask me about my job? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well and also you're you know it's it would be exciting to be a train conductor, as you said yesterday. Like all the things sometimes you're hauling people, sometimes you're hauling cargo. And for him today, he's hauling like the uh the clock, you know, the 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 clock for the basically right. the finial of the town. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the the main center piece. I don't know. That's exciting to me. Sure. Yeah. And Absolutely. he's getting paid for it. Right. <laughs> right. One thing that I so didn't I've put got... together. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I didn't put this together until the uh, just the last time I watched the minute for this. Uh, they're not talking about like Doc and Marty 
they're asking him about this train and could it get up to 90 miles an hour and stuff, but they're not thinking about this train. They're not thinking, oh, we could use this exact engine because Doc says, when's the next train coming through? And he's like, Monday at eight o'clock or whatever it is. And so they're thinking, okay, we'll get that train and we'll use that train to, to no, use that, on the that DeLorean. Is, that is, in fact, this train. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. That's what I wasn't yeah. sure about. Wow, okay. So he's saying he's yeah, coming the- back through on Monday. Right. With that train. Okay. Monday morning, 8 a.m. Okay. But what's interesting, so is it, was it the Central Pacific Railroad? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and so it makes you think, so they're, they're, they're coming through. For some reason, I assume they're going west. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But he's coming through, and then if he's coming back through on Monday at 8, you're like, it will be going the other direction? Presumably. Maybe that's the right yeah. direction. Maybe that's the direction they wanted. Maybe that's the right in. direction, exactly. Maybe that's down the hill under the lake of ice or (laughs) whatever it is. Um, So I do have information about the train. Uh, Please. This train is actually the Sierra number three. Mm -hmm. It is also known as the movie star locomotive. (laughs) It is a 19th century steam locomotive uh, built in 1897. Wow. 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 So it's it's anachronistic. Yeah. Um or I'm sorry, built in 1891. It 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 ended up in California in 1897. It was built in 1891. Okay. Hmm. Uh so it's a very um yeah, specifically March 26, 1891 is its build date and it was such an impressive train that once they started making films because the train itself actually predates film, uh it uh, made a lot of appearances in a lot of movies and TV shows. Um, it sort of retired from like regular use and just sort of became a movie train. And it has been in like over 200 things. Um, wow. wow. Including like on television, it was in things like Rawhide and Lassie and the Wild Wild West, Man from Uncle, Gunsmoke, Bonanza. Um, all the way to 1993, where it was in uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> and uh, in movies, right after Back to the Future 3, it was actually in Unforgiven uh, with Clint Eastwood. Oh, sure. Uh, which is uh, which is a fun connection because of... Uh, yeah, because of... It's, I, I was going to say, it's a great connection. Right, exactly, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it's been in a ton of stuff and they changed the laws of um, steam locomotives in 1995. So it had to be decommissioned and it stayed decommissioned for nearly 20 years. And it was just recently put back in service because all of its specs were updated to uh, be legally sound on the rails. Wow. that's a, So it's running right now. It's running right now. It's over From 100 years old. 1891. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. You can yeah. catch it Monday, Monday at 8 a.m. I'm going <laughs> right. to be there. It's coming through. There you yeah. go. Going to drive it off a bridge. Well, you, so it's, you, pretty, it's pretty incredible, um, this train. That is. God. Uh, one of the things I noticed in this minute, and you, you mentioning Clint Eastwood, I absolutely love Marty's Good, the Bad, the Ugly poncho. Yeah, that is good. Oh yeah, and and maybe you've discussed that, but not only that, but all the clothes, especially even in this scene. I mean, it's like 
back in 1885, the clothes were so well made. And they kind of capture that here. If you look at like the engineer's brass buttons on his overalls and yeah. dock mm-hmm. suspenders and mm-hmm. I don't know, the the good, the bad and the ugly poncho, it's like that's so hard to pull off, but it kind of works <laughs> in like a fun, funny way. Mm-hmm. Marnie's neckerchief, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I, I do. I love all of the clothes in this movie. I mean, the clothes in general in these movies are pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Cause even when they're bad, they're like, so they're so bad that, you know, it's on purpose. And so they look great for being bad clothes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like ev- everything about it is uh, just the clothes. Yeah. Every, like the, uh, the clothes and the, the set design, all of that stuff. They had a really great crew on these movies, I think. Um, so we had a question, uh, about actually something that is discussed in this minute, uh, from a listener who was, uh, jumping the gun a little bit on, on this, which is really cool to see. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so we just so happened, we didn't actually, um, we hadn't talked about this yet. So we get to talk about, uh, his question and actually his question brought me down a rabbit hole of trying to find the answer. And this is the minute that I think uh, answers the question. So that explains why you haven't been answering my calls all week. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I actually, no, I literally have, I actually drew this crazy map because it's the only way that I could make sense out of his question. So his question was, why is it, or how is it if, uh, if doc, um, if Doc, uh, without Marty being there, without Marty taking him out to the bridge, um, how does Doc meet Clara and how does she end up being the one that writes on his tombstone and everything like that? And there's an easy explanation, which is that, oh, well, without Marty, uh, she, you know, she she met him and they fell in love and everything. But here's what's here's what's interesting. Is when I started ta- when I started looking at this and I started looking at the timelines. We've talked a lot about timelines, but actually, this event this is the event that seals all of the timelines because, like with the Twin Pines Mall, Marty hits one of the trees, and now the mall is called the 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 Lone Pine Lone Pile Ma- Ma- Pine Mall, and right. that is a timeline shift, right? So we have the initial Alpha timeline. Um, which includes Clara dying in the ravine and it being renamed Cl- Clayton Ravine. Barton Ravine. 19... What? Oh, never mind. Sorry, my bad. No, no, Clayton Ravine. Yeah. Um, show so so Clayton Ravine and then 1955 works in the same way that it always did, which is that um, you know George gets hit by the car. Lorraine and George fall in love. They have their kids and they're all miserable in 1985. Um, And actually, so then, so then that happens. So then when Marty goes back in time, he creates the new timeline, the beta timeline where everything is really great in 1985. But Clayton Ravine is still Clayton Ravine because this doc is the doc that wore the um, bulletproof vest preserving his life in 1985. So this is a different doc. Right. Yeah. Um, right. The doc oh, in right. the original film is dead. That doc doesn't exist anymore. So he's this dead, is a be- he's dead forever and he's never coming. Right. Back. So this is beta doc. 
Um, and then in that, that beta timeline is the 2015 that we get. So actually, theoretically, our 2015, the one that didn't have hover cars and hoverboards and all of that stuff is actually the 2015 from the alpha timeline that these characters never see. Oh, oh wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So that's so that's one thing. So then the next bit is that when they're in 2015 B, they go back to 1955. But by going back to 1955 again and interacting with things again, they're creating yet another timeline, which is 1955 C, which consists of a 1985 that we never see. So we never meet any of those characters in 1985 because we go directly from 1955 C to 1955 D when doc is sent back in time yes and when and then when doc is sent back in time he sends the letter and when he sends the letter and marty receives the letter it seals him inside that new timeline because the timeline that they were in before through the most of part two doesn't have uh doesn't include doc going back in time to 1885 because it hasn't happened yet so it's not until he sends marty the letter that marty is sealed into the the fourth layer of time of a of a, a, a timeline yeah right so then from that point um so that's uh that's let's see so that's or i'm sorry 55c is the biff timeline which is 85 C right. The Biff horrific. Then they, they go back and they're in (laughs) D and then he gets sealed into E. And then when he goes back in time to 1885, that is the F timeline, which is the final timeline that carries us all the way through to, to 1985 F at the end of the movie. So, but going back to his question about the ravines, what I think is what I think my theory is that, Clara Clayton dies in the ravine in the A in the in A uh, 1885A the alpha timeline the beta timeline because they don't touch 1885 there in the uh, Biff horrific timeline because they don't touch 1885 there in the uh, 55d timeline because they still haven't touched 1885 it isn't until they get to the uh the fifth layer where doc goes back in time originally that the name of the ravine would change because she doesn't die and clint eastwood isn't a character yet so it hasn't been renamed to eastwood so in that particular timeline the timeline where doc dies in 1885 and clara writes on his tombstone we don't know what the name of that ravine is, mm. but I imagine it just ki- it just kept its original name, the Show Nash Ravine. Right. Which is I much more to, respectful you know. to the original settlers of that area. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I would have told the listener to stop thinking fourth dimensionally. <laughs> stop thinking fourth dimensionally. Can you? Because that, yeah. that, but that was very well done. I know what you're that saying. That was brilliant. I, I, yeah. I, that was brilliant. Can you share when this episode airs? Can you share a, a like an image of your <laughs> illustration on the Listener Society? I'd love yeah, that. That was uh, yeah. That I think was, I will. Yeah, yeah. Just I in case I people will. have trouble like keeping up audibly. Right. This is right. it. Was it, it? I had trouble doing it visually. Like I had to keep making drawing a little map for myself mm-hmm. yeah. um, and creating new does. timelines. I'll probably draw up a cleaner one before I do that. Right. But, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. 
By the um, way, I just want to, for my own sake, this is totally selfish. Uh, a few minutes ago, I accidentally called it Barton Ravine, not Clayton Ravine. And uh, oh. the reason the reason for that is I was thinking of uh, noted Civil War nurse Clara Barton. <laughs> I wondered oh. about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's hysterical. I just got hey, my so, Claras mixed up. While we're on yeah. this uh, timey wimey discussion, I hope this doesn't derail things. But you, I, I swear I remember in Starlog magazine back in 1985 that there was an article about that said that in Back to the Future, at the end. When Doc is shot, but he's wearing a, 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 a bulletproof vest, Bull- that, right? That you can see two Marty McFlies. That you can see one behind, like you know, because uh, there's the obvious one who like sees Doc get shot, he runs off and then gets in the car and drives away into the into the past. But there's like an extra Marty somewhere in that scene. Did you guys know anything about that, or did you ever talk about that? I we I never we never saw it, and we were looking for it. Okay. Um. Right. And and I, I I assume that it's not there because he hasn't gone back in time yet. So he hasn't created the, the secondary timeline yet. Right, right. Yeah, that was okay. But you know what I'm talking about, so that's I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah. I have I have heard that theory before, but okay. I've never seen proof of it. Yeah, speaking, me neither. Speaking mm-hmm. of people standing in the background, Scott. Yes, our first appearance of Clara Clayton's back. Is in this yeah, minute. that's right. <laughs> oh. She's on the she's on the train uh, platform, right? Yeah, she's waiting for Doc to come pick her up because she was told that the local blacksmith <laughs> is going to pick her up from the train station. Yeah. She's and, admiring uh, the clock, right? And Doc's uh, Doc's idea was like, well, if I never meet her, I won't fall in love with her, like the tombstone says, and then maybe I won't die. So we'll just, you know, screw her. Yeah. Just ignore her. <laughs> the but she's wearing, that wearing such a, a lovely dress. She is. Yeah. But if yeah, he, she, okay. all, all of her wardrobe outfits are amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> if like, Doc they thinks really that did a great job with her. If Doc thinks that that would work though, why doesn't he just try to avoid Biff and make that not happen? Him getting shot by Biff happen. He seems to <laughs> be so like he seems to think that like that moment is so like locked in time to use Doctor Who phraseology. But you know. <laughs> But then, like with the Clara Barton, see, I did it too, Clara Barton, uh, <laughs> Clara Clayton thing, he feels like, ah, oh, I could just, I'll skip that. I'll skip that part of history. I'll just, I'll just hide. I'll be in the well, bathroom. They're always, they always make it sound like uh, the timeline is sacrosanct and, and you can never meddle with yeah. any of it. And they always, you know, it's always like a talking point and a speech and all that. And then they always mess with it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Dude shows up in a flying train at the end of the thing. That's gonna mess up. Yeah, stuff. and he flies into our face in a <laughs> Oh, I mean that's not that's not the only thing. There's there's a bit that I want to talk about later in this week where <laughs> I just my eyes went wide. Um, so, uh, I have a question for you guys. This looking at the map and they're discussing mm-hmm. this, and I noticed like, does Hill Valley lie just like west of the Sierra Nevadas? We're not totally sure. Okay, uh, because we, you look at the map and there's you see it says Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 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 then you're so they're pointing and it's like I'm assuming that's I guess west, even though maybe the map is <laughs> not they're going the right direction because the Sierra Nevadas are on the top. Right. I don't know. We've you know you know what I'm saying. It's like the map's not p- pointing, well, so that it's a Sierra Nevadas are on the top, and you're like, but that would be 
That that's not north. Well, everyone, uh, everyone seems to agree that Hill Valley is somewhere in northern California. Um, so I don't know if that helps, but uh, okay. that's that's all that's all I know. I mean, the thing is, you know, I I, I think it's hard. It's like Springfield, you know, like sure. they don't want to <laughs> pinpoint where Hill Valley is yeah. exactly because. There is no Hill Valley, yeah. so I always yeah. I always say it's somewhere between uh, uh, Sunnydale and Neptune. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, does anyone else think it would be weird to live in an oxymoron town? <laughs> I mean, that's why Hill that's Valley? why they that's why they named it that because it made them laugh. Um, is it, <laughs> it was like Little Bighorn or <laughs> you're right? Like I just I don't know. Well, you know my uh, kind of dizzying. What, when I was growing up in uh, in Texas, I found out that my hometown of Mansfield was actually a combination of the town's two founders. Like they put both of their names together, oh. like, like Miramax. So maybe, yeah. so maybe the town was founded by like you know Joseph Hill and like Roger Valley or something. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, but it could valley. also, I mean, it could also just be like the valley between the hills. Like there's a hilly area and then there's a valley in yeah. all of those hills. And so they named the town Hill Valley. Yeah. The Lake sure. Valley? No, the Hill Valley. Oh, okay. I got it. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Shonash, right? The Shonash for yes, the Native yeah. Americans there. I, mm -hmm. I mean, is that like, I live in California and there's the Chumash. Indians, which are around Santa Barbara. I don't think any of the Native Americans that they name in this are, are real. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that the Shonash or the Pohatchee, which are the uh, the Native Americans that they see running, Marty sees running toward him when he first appears um, in 1885, that the cavalry is chasing. Mm -hmm. uh, By the way, I just got to say that blew my mind that they have like a parking lot in the middle of Monument Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could, I didn't know what I was watching. <laughs> well, do you think they, they actually, did that? Did they make up those uh, Native American names so that they wouldn't, you know, pinpoint where Hill anybody? Valley was? Or, or, I, yeah, I or think maybe it, that too, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. Um, because they did make a deal with the local uh, Native tribe to build that drive-in in the middle right. of Monument Valley. Oh my gosh, uh, okay. Which yeah. I have no idea why that was important to do because they needed to be outside of town i guess was the idea mm -hmm. um okay. Ma marty marty needed to be outside of town because because they couldn't have any living people see the delorean appear out of nowhere uh and so they needed to be like out in the middle of nowhere because i think they're 20 miles outside of hill valley at that point okay so they felt like they were safe out there i guess all right yeah um, so, uh, so yeah, so then, so they've got their plan, but Marty points out that, uh, there's no bridge over that ravine. Yeah. So much for that. So much for yeah, that. Yeah. What, what, I mean, what else can they do? Like I, I would have just stayed in 1885. <laughs> <laughs> All roads lead to Jair staying yeah. in 1885. <laughs> <laughs> Go get a nice looking belt buckle and be like, well, yeah. I guess I'll get the beans and. Eggs in the morning with bacon grease. <laughs> I like, I just like that the problems are becoming more and more manageable. You know, like it's like at first 
it's as if Doc has seen a ghost when Marty says, oh, uh, an arrow hit my fuel line. So we're going to have to fix that yeah. and get some gas. And he's just like, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> and then like over the course of about five, you know, five minutes, five, about five scenes, it, the, the problems go from, well, that's it. We're stuck in 1885 forever to like more and more manageable um, up until, you know, this bridge thing, which, yeah. you know. Yeah. Doc seems to think he's got it. He's, he's figured it all out and everything's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's thinking four four dimensionally, right? Which be fine. you know, I I noticed any time any movie shows a chasm too far or a <laughs> desolate wasteland or like a lonesome cactus, we have that bird. <laughs> you know what you have? They they kind of go to that one shot and they're sitting at the edge of the railroad that's leading to nowhere, and then yeah. you have that like. I don't know what it is, a raven or a buzzard that, cry. You, that bird call, like that bird call has to be the uh, live, the um, uh, uh, like animal noise equivalent of the Wilhelm scream. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because totally cause you hear point. it come up all the time in movies like that. Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like, what is it that makes it, you know, it just makes it makes things seem impossible <laughs> yeah, when you like, hear that it, bird call. Yeah, you're you know? butting up against the wilderness when you hear that. <laughs> you're like, oh, geez. You're starving or about to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, that's all I got for this minute. Just my ridiculous time timeline map. No, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. While we're, uh, are, are, are you guys have anything? I'm good. What's that? Oh, I you know I had one question, okay. just a general one. Did you guys discuss Doc's house? Uh, just oh, to, yeah. at the beginning yes. of the movie, it's the Gamble House in Pasadena. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. I was just yeah. Curious, we, I mean, I, we talked about that back in part one, but yeah, sure. we did talk about it. I was just curious because it's not too far from me. It's really, oh. really a beautiful place. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I I watched and I was like, oh my god, that's the Gamble House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you can cut this out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want everyone to know where you live, Jerry. Yeah. I live near the Gamble House. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if, uh, speaking of uh, timelines and crazy stuff like that, we have uh, a show that Scott and I are very, 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 very proud of. Uh, a new episode just dropped. Astro nope. No. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, sometime in the future, episodes drop. <laughs> um, and uh, that show is and will always no matter when we're recording or when you're listening to this that show will be called Geek by Night and uh, it's an original podcast series written and produced by Scott and I and a whole bunch of people work really hard to make it uh, awesome and we're really proud of it our first season is uh, almost all the way out and uh, available to uh, listen the same way you listen to this podcast you can go to duelinggenre.com or uh, just search for Geek by Night wherever you get your uh, podcasts and listen today because if you like Back to the Future, I have a feeling you'll like Geek by Night. It's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we will be back tomorrow with Minute 43. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.